When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. All right. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, joined by Sergeant Cratch. Uh, well, fellas, look, I, I don't think we learned anything in our trip to State College, except that the trip to State College sucks, which we already knew. So we didn't learn that either. Uh, we're just seeing a repeated, you know, the same pattern with this Rutgers team. They're just not good enough offensively to compete uh, with real Big Ten teams. We saw it against Wisconsin, three points. We saw it against Penn State. We saw it against Ohio State. We saw it against Michigan. And this one, you know, what was most jarring about it, not only did I think early in the game that they weren't going to score, uh, and then halfway through the second quarter, I was wondering if they were even trying to score. It was just – it seemed like it was a combination of poor quarterback play, poor blocking, and then just ultra-conservative – play calling as if, you know, they were afraid to throw the ball in the middle of the field, throw the ball downfield. Cratch, you watched the film. You saw this game again. I'm sorry. Uh, Do you agree with that assessment? Yes, very much so. I think that we have reached the point of the Rutgers rebuild where they can compete with the middle of the pack Big Ten teams and even beat the middle of the pack Big Ten teams. Uh, They're still not there yet with the upper echelon teams. And the good news is there's only really like four of them. You know, there's the, you know, Michigan State, you know, for now at least, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, you know, Wisconsin. The bad news is, you know, there's three to four of them in the division every year, and you got to play them every year. So that's kind of the the rub there. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. They're not really quite ready yet to punch up like a Purdue can, you know, here and there or, a, you know, a Minnesota can at this point. They're getting there, uh, but they're not there yet. Yeah, I guess it's not a surprise except to you, uh, Sarge, who did, in fact, pick the Scarlet Knights to I don't win this that. football game. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Is there a record of that? Or uh, I think we have a website where things are stored. I, I tried to, yeah, I, 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 I might have. I might have appealed to get that scrubbed off our website, so stay tuned. <laughs> you're going to appeal to the committee that, that overlooks crimes and other offenses. <laughs> we send an email to our own editors and say, hey, this is kind of embarrassing. They take it off the internet. Uh, but sorry, I mean, that aside, it, it really is the same pattern. You know, defensively, though, this team was really good in that game. I think that's the most frustrating part. It's not like, you know, they've been in some of these games against Ohio State where you're like, well, they just can't compete with the athletes. I mean, they forced six straight punts to start this game. And you're like, all right, if they just get one offensive play, one 
you know, and make and it's seven nothing. Maybe they punch. Maybe you were right. Maybe they punch Penn State in the face early, and this team is disinterested and quits. Instead, you know, I think we, it was so predictable. Yeah, they play winning defense, and I think it, it got to the point late uh, midway through the second uh, quarter where you just had a sense that you know once Penn State got you know got the lead, that it was going to be tough. You know, Rutgers, I think one of the keys that Cratch pointed out going in, into the game was Rutgers needs to, to play from ahead. They're not a team that's going to be able to, to um, you know, rally against teams, not with the offense at this point. So, you know, again, to echo what Cratch said, you know, they haven't beaten a winning team all year. So, you know, I, I guess that might be a little preview for, for later on because, you know, lo and behold, Maryland is not a winning team. So uh, stay they, tuned. They don't have to beat one <laughs> to get to a bowl game. That, that's the good news. Uh, uh, Maryland had a, you know, what was it, 58 to 59 to 18, and just a terrible performance against Michigan. They're not good. Uh, they haven't been good for a while. They've lost six of the last seven. I mean, I, I you know, it comes down to the final game of the year as, Greg Shannon said time and time again, pen in hand, uh, to write this story. I guess the question is, have you seen enough from this team to think they can beat a Maryland team that does score points, Scratch? I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, they will – they have a good quarterback. They have talent. They have speed. Uh, they're not especially well coached and they're not playing well, but they're favored. <laughs> so explain that. No, I mean, I, I think it's just that this team has been resilient in the ability to lose to a team that's better than them and then bounce back and beat a team that's about even or maybe a little smidge superior to them. And, look, I, I do think, like, there was a part of me thinking about this earlier today. It feels like we've just been writing in Maryland as a win for this team for months now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I gave them the Maryland win. Maryland win easier in my preseason picks than I did the Delaware game. Like I gave, I gave more thought to the idea that Delaware could beat Rutgers or be a trap game. So there's part of me is like, okay, well maybe this we're gonna get to the end and like it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Maryland has to his little brother who's maybe the second best quarterback in the Big Ten, and they've got all these fast guys and. Rutgers, you know, this is not a good matchup. Because remember last year, the game was an overtime, back and forth seesaw affair. Uh, Tiger Valoa didn't play. They had COVID issues. Their best defensive player didn't play. They were running, you know, a third and fourth string quarterbacks who just literally could barely take a snap, it seems. So, and yet that game still went to overtime. So, look, I, I think they can beat Maryland. I think they have a major coaching advantage against Maryland. But at the same time, Maryland's got some matchup issues for them that they might not be able to handle. It's a coin toss. Uh, obviously, they both teams have a lot to play for. Uh, although we have talked about this <laughs> to the point. I've, I have a confession to make to you guys. On Sunday morning, when you were going over the, the endless, <laughs> endless possibilities <laughs> – of other five and seven teams, like, you know, well, if TCU wins that, if Hawaii loses, like on and on on the text chain, I muted our text chain. I knew I you doing, did. I, I knew was you doing did. the Sunday crossword, and I'm like, I cannot possibly care about what I, Tulsa can get if they can only beat – I'm making this up because I, I didn't – I'm not paying attention. You're getting some <laughs> of the names right. I am I getting – I hope so. I'm just pulling them out of a hat. Uh, all right, so just – where do we stand? Sarge, you actually talk to, <laughs> talk to the guy who will make this decision with the APR. I mean, what, where do we stand on this? Is it, is it as much of a long shot as, as we've seemed to think it was at the end of the day on Sunday or Saturday? What do you think? No. Um, look, 
Uh, here's the bottom line. We'll, I'll make this as quick as possible. 72 teams are currently eligible, essentially 76 teams, because um, there's four games pitting five and six teams that will the winner will, will become bowl eligible. So 76 is a key number. Now there's okay. 15 other games, right? Uh, you know that 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 you know have some sort of impact. You know this weekend. Of those games, only three of those two teams that that need to win are favored. Most of the teams are actually touchdown or more underdogs. So the probability based on Vegas odds, and we do you know pay attention to the Vegas odds from time to time. Look, the games have to be uh, played out and uh, all that. I get it, but the probability based on you know how teams are are are, are judged by Vegas is it'll get to 79 teams that there will be some spots available. There is 82 uh, bowl slots available. So the probability is that there's going to be a, a couple of five and seven teams on, on the board. If that's the case, I talked to Nick Carparelli today, um, the head of bowl season, which basically the way the bowls are p- picked is between the bowls themselves, as well as the conferences they selected. But as Nick Carparelli says, he's basically like, you know, he's a mediator sometimes. Like he's involved in a lot of conversations. So he does have a lot of influence. So what he told me was basically, if it is a five and seven team, if, if it was a scenario that I played out, if my math was correct and there's three teams, then it would go uh, the top three teams in the APR in the 2019-20 APR. Now the catch is the APR as Cratch has, has you know has been on top of is not publicly available. They they did not the NSA did not release it in um, last spring because of COVID. Um, and now Nick Carbarelli told me exclusive that basically the NCA will be uh, unveiling a list a modified list of basically uh, any of the five and seven teams that are are in play. They will be sending into the conferences at some point this week. My expectation is they will the the conferences will not make that list public because it's not going to be the full list of a hundred something schools. It'll only be you know well, Rutgers is ahead of Illinois. Rutgers is ahead of you know you know all these these schools, all these five and seven schools, and and on and on. But there is a list. The NCAA is going to release it. Um, I don't know if the public will ever see it, but. You know, at, at some point, the, the APR will come and play. We could probably talk a little bit about whether or not, you know, that's a good thing for Rutgers. I think their APR is ascending, you know, you know, you know post Kyle Flood and, and Chris Ash, they took the AP, APR way down. It was improving in, in Greg Shiano's first year. So whether or not that's a good thing for Rutgers, you know, time will tell. But again, all of this is moot, you know, for Rutgers fans if they beat Maryland. I'm glad we got the short explanation there. Sorry. That was short. That. I mean, that was good. can you imagine the long crash, one? Yeah. Crash, crash, cut me off here, okay? Is there any way to explain it without, you know, what? Uh, no, no. Really well, all right, well, so, are you sure they're so, not going to pull a name out of a hat here? Come on. Okay, so he, here's the thing. <laughs> Did you mute us again? You muted us again, didn't <laughs> yeah. you? I just went downstairs to the lobby in the hotel I'm at to get, to get a cocktail. Is that a there, there, are, there are two other things I want to add. Sarge is right. I thought Sarge did it best as succinctly as you can do it. I will say really quick, they have to release the list of the APR because it's just – the, you need to have some transparency because if you were to go to the 1819 APR, and I want to be very clear, I'm just using this as a, a way to explain something. They are not using the 1819 APR. Rutgers would currently be third in the five and seven pecking order behind Memphis, 
and Middle Tennessee State. Memphis. Yes, what? and the way and Nick Carparelli told Sarge is there's no Power Five advantage here. It is these are the numbers. This is the order. So if there were 80 bowl eligible teams and they were using the 2018 19 mm-hmm. numbers, which they're not again, and Memphis and Middle Tennessee were five and seven. Middle Tennessee is going to a bowl game before Rutgers is, regardless of yeah. you know, Conference USA versus Big Ten. Okay. That's Two other right. catches to make. USC and Cal are both four and six. They've got to play uh, their last regular season game will be December 4th because of Cal's COVID situation a couple weeks ago. USC is playing BYU. They're not going to be BYU, so take them out of the equation. Cal is playing UCLA. UCLA has been up and down. The past two seasons when Cal has been healthy, when it's been able to put its players on the field, which when it hasn't had ridiculous local COVID restrictions, they've been a kick-ass team with a really good coach who's probably going to be the head coach at Washington in a couple of days. I think it's very possible that Cal beats UCLA this week and then they beat a, you know, this mailing it in USC team in the last game of the season. They get an ex- They're six and six. They get in as well. The other catch, Hawaii, and this is why I love college football. We're sitting here in New Jersey talking about Hawaii, Wyoming. Hawaii is five and seven. They get to play 13 games because they're in Hawaii. The Hawaii Alaska rule. We really got to get, get it to, you know, this actually, now I think about this, this is something Rutgers should look into play a road game in Alaska next year. You get to play a 13th game. You got a little bit more margin for error. Anyway. Wow. Well, okay. well Polity just went We're to Burns Steakhouse, yeah. so I think it might just be you and I. You mentioned Hawaii. I was going to ask you to download Triumph, the insult comic dogs riff when you did the weather in Hawaii. Have you ever watched that? No. I, encourage all, I encourage all of our listeners right now, because clearly we've gone off the road, all of our listeners to go to YouTube yes. and, and Google and uh, Triumph, insult comic dog Hawaii. Okay, sorry. Okay. So anyway, interrupt. If Hawaii is five and seven, if they beat Wyoming and they're ten point dogs, but Hawaii's good. They beat Fresno State, which is you know they have some good wins. A six and seven Hawaii team gets a waiver and moves ahead of all other five and seven teams. So you also got to root for the Wyoming Cowboys this week, Rutgers fans. Wait, at one point, at one point, Triumph says, "With a hairdo like that, you're bound to be in Fargo, North Dakota." Anyway, all right, sorry. Um, <laughs> so the takeaway here is that Rutgers should win this game because nobody wants to go to a bowl game when you're five and seven, much less the scenarios to get there. Uh, well, I, I will say this: I'm rooting for Maryland only because I'm I'm actually on vacation next week, and if it was five and seven, crash. Is left all by himself all next week to to to, to break down all these scenarios. There'll be seven days Holy of hell cow. for the guy. It's just so, going to be nonstop. All right, go. You know, I'm just rooting for 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 my beat partner my, to, to you know have as miserable of a week as possible. All right. So, <laughs> like last thing, we got we kind of got lucky. More. But wait, if ECU more. does not kick that last game, last play of the game field goal to beat Navy, if they go to OT and Navy wins, Navy would have been four and seven going into play. My man Rod Carey and Temple this week, or three and seven, excuse me. We could have had four and seven Navy, which is going to have an impeccable APR. This could have gone all the way to the Army Navy game to see if they could finish five and seven. Wow. Yeah, I think at that point Greg Shannon would have said, "Dad, no thanks." Uh, all right. That was good. We broke that down. Let's uh, let's dive into true or false. We got a lot of other topics here to cover, and then we'll uh, you know we'll we'll get back to the bowl thing in a minute. All right, you guys know it works. Let's go. True or false? 
Sean Gleason's job is on the line as offensive coordinator. Guys, the offense is, uh, is underperforming? True or false? Cratch. False, false, false. It could not be falser than false. Sarge, true or false? Oh, boy. Either Sarge's are muted or he's thinking about it. He's muted. Okay. True. False. 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 All right. He's also saying false. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's also false. Um, how, but here's the next one. True or false? Win or lose? A coaching staff shakeup of some level is coming in the offseason. What do you think about that one? Sarge, true or false? Was he, was he changing on the coaching staff? True? True. The answer is true. Pratt, do you agree with that? I will say true as well. I think you're going to see some changes. Okay. All right, true or false, let's get right to it. Uh, Cratch, Rutgers will go bowling at five and seven. True or false? I'm going to say false. Sarge? So I, I have to make my pick now for, for – for, if, if they were a five and seven, they would go they bowling. Were they will if go they bowling? were five and seven, they would go bowling. Okay, you're going to say true. I'm going to say false. I think they would uh, get passed over. All right, uh, true or false? Rutgers' struggles at home this season compared to the road – is just coincidental. Cratch, is there something there? True or false? I would say it's it's false because I don't think it's coincidental. I think there's something there, so I'll say false. Okay. Sarge? The answer is false. Do you think you have trouble? Oh, that's a bad, that's a bad uh, trend here. I'm going to say uh, uh, false as well. All right. True or false? From what we saw from Gavin Wimsat in Happy Valley, he is not ready. Cratch, true or false? False. Did you see enough? False. All right. Sarge, true or false? Yeah, false. False. I think he was put in a bad position there. I'm going to say false as well. We'll dig into that more. True or false? Wimsett will play against Maryland, but not in the bowl. True or false, Cratch? I'm going to say true. True. All right. Sarge, true or false? I don't, I'm going to say false. False? No, they're they're going to hold him for the bowl. Okay, interesting. All right, I'm going to say true as well. They'd rather have him play now. Uh, two more. True or false? The DePaul loss has changed my opinion. Rutgers is not an NCAA team. How bad of a loss was that, Cratch? True or false? It was a very bad loss, but false. It hasn't really changed my opinion. Okay, Sarge? False. Yeah, it's false. Too, too early to go there for me as well. Uh, and finally, true or false? I Take everything bad back that I said about Champaign, Illinois. State College is the Big Ten's crappiest road trip. Cratch, true or false? I'm going to say false just because I don't have to fly to State College. <laughs> good point. Wasn't there, didn't we find out that there was an airport in Champaign that like, a couple of people like, pointed out to us that there was an airport? Even the team took a bus to the yeah. To, to yeah. Happy Valley. So, so you're saying so, – True or false, Sarge? What are you oh, saying? Oh, there, there isn't. There's an airport in State College, and I've looked at flights, and like every flight there possible is like two thousand dollars. But like I do think there's like a nonstop in like Washington D.C. So we could drive down there someday and then go. We don't. So we don't have a great road trip story from this one. But I was thinking about it, fellas. That that uh, this was the first time we had stayed in state college proper because if you guys know cratch when they changed the schedule after the all the mix-ups cratch jumped on it got us rooms before the big 10 could you know before marriott chain could jack up the, the prices so we stayed at the courtyard in state college and it was your basic you know your basic courtyard i mean my room smelled like they just stopped had letting people smoke in there and like you know three months earlier 
wasn't a great hotel, but I'm not, the, the purpose of this is not to crap on the court or State College. The purpose is when we got to the game and people asked, hey, where are you guys staying? And we said, we're staying at the courtyard. It was like, you got the courtyard? Oh, you, oh the people were like, just, how did you get the courtyard? I mean, like Fooch and, and they were like, well, how did you get that? We're at the Ramada. Even the team's at the Ramada Inn. I mean, Greg Schiano couldn't find a better hotel for his team at the Ramada Inn in State College. That, that, I think that, to me, kind of sums up the State College experience. Yeah, I just uh... – yeah, I don't know how Joe Paterno got all those players to go there because even Iowa, even Hayden Fry was like, I got, I got something better to sell you guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't know how they've done it all these years. What do they do? What are they selling there to get players together? Uh, all right, anyway, so that's State College, the road trip. All right, so uh, you think there is something wrong with this team playing at home, both of you. Both of you think that there, it is not coincidental that they're better on the road. So what is it? Why are, they, why are they not it's just the, the way the schedule fell. Like they just, they're playing the worst teams on the road. I mean, let's look right. back to last year. The home games were Indiana, Michigan, Illinois. Okay. Like they should have beat Illinois, but even like, I don't want to count last year. Look at, uh, you know, they played Ohio state at home. They played Michigan state at home. They played Wisconsin at home. You know, they go play Indiana and Northwestern, uh, Illinois on the road. Now they're here playing Maryland. This is the first time they've played one of those middle of the pack teams in the big 10 at home. So I think this is going to be the real kind of test. If they, you know, this is the moment where I like the opponent is not so challenging. You know, I also think that it helps that those road games they have won, uh, obviously 2020, there was no one in the stands and 2021, There was also no one in the stands. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah, uh, I I do I don't think it, I mean I don't know I don't think they're you're right it has more to do with the opponents the team itself I will say this I don't think that Greg Shannon wants to go into year three of his reboot without having a victory in in Piscataway. It'd be kind of weird since we'd be, we'd be talking about it uh, all off season. All right, so on, on Gavin Wimsat, I guess the bigger question is what are they doing with him? I just didn't understand. I, mean, I, I get it. He didn't play well. He almost he threw one interception, almost threw another one, uh, but he only had a few snaps. I mean, Sarge, do you understand what, what, what the, what the idea is with, with Wimsat? I don't. I mean, I, 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 the only thing I could think of is, you know, Simon, I guess they wanted to probably register him. And I think they, obviously they, they want to give uh, Wimsat as much experience. And I guess it kind of makes sense because, you know, playing in state college in front of that atmosphere He's going to be facing that type of atmosphere next, next, next season when they play at Ohio State, you know, and other sold-out venues. So maybe, you know, they, they, they wanted to, to, to get him a little experience that way. Didn't want to sacrifice, the, you know, a, a game situation for it. But, look, I mean, I, 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 I said no, you know, that, that I don't expect him to play because I just think that if they were to go to a bowl game, you're going to have all those practices leading in, into it. You're going to be on national TV. You know, it's just the bowl game seems to, to be an ideal setup where you could just springboard go, uh, going into 2022 and, you know, and play them. Well, I mean, it makes sense to me, but the, the flip side of that, Cratch, is that if they lose to Maryland, they might not go to the bowl game. So that's 
So <laughs> no, it's very true. And like the one thing I don't get is, and I know we talked about this in the long car ride back to New Jersey. I know Sarge disagrees with me. Is that when they put Wimson in the game, it's never like they're putting him in the game to do something that he can do that the guys they already have on the field can't. Like for instance, after Penn State scores that touchdown right before halftime, you, I know you don't have any timeouts that kind of limits you, but you got a minute left. Like why not try to get the ball near midfield and then put Gavin in to throw the ball into the end zone because because they can't block they can't block for i know that's what i'm saying like they can't block you're gonna put him in harm's way that's why but he's in harm's way every time he's on the field (laughs) he can elude the pass rush better than yeah but the offense is predicated on getting the ball out quickly to the the disguise and mask the offensive line which is awful I get that. I guess what I'm saying is it's 7 nothing. You got the ball. You know your quarterback can't throw the ball 60 yards into the end zone. This kid can, so why not let him try to do it? Man, oh, I hear you, Craig. And there was that one – there was one – the only time Rutgers had a receiver open downfield, it was Bo Melton, and it was a bad throw of the Ventral. Couldn't get it there. So, yeah, you make a great point. So, I'm saying, like, if you're going to put him in the game, like, have him throw the ball down the field. Don't put him in the game in his package yeah. to hand the ball off to Pacheco. Right. Right. Absolutely agree. Uh, all right. Uh, covering the other plays, one thing I do with the basketball team, I, I agree that it's not time to, you know, that, to change your opinion dramatically about it. I will say this, though. That's a bad loss to DePaul. If you look at this schedule, they've got Lafayette and then – UMass, I mean, they could be 500 after this brutal stretch that comes after that with Clemson. I guess not, not as good as last year, but still pretty good. You know, then you got Purdue and Illinois and Seton Hall. And then you got the three really good teams coming up in December. Uh, they have to start playing better in a hurry. No doubt. And I think that, you know, we talked us with football a little bit with the crowd size. Like, I'm still curious, is there a fair weather aspect to this Rutgers fan f- basketball revitalization? It's like, okay, this team loses to Clemson and they lose to Seton Hall. Are people just going to be like, okay, like, we're done with we're this. Done, yeah. You know, 4,000 people at the rack now. You know, you can, you can keep turning that sellout banner all you want, but, like, the, the yeah. bodies aren't there. I mean, that's my thing. Like, one last thing. Like, uh, I think Princeton beat its, had its second Power 5 win the other day. I think we know now why the Tigers are not on the Scarlet Knight schedule. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Uh, good job in true or false, guys. Let's, uh, let's jump into uh, our records insider questions. As always, thank you for subscribing. We had a little chat session coming back from, uh, <laughs> coming back from Happy Valley to, to kill some of the four hours as SARS drove 115 miles per hour down I-80. Um, all right, insider questions. Most of them dealt with the offense. Not a surprise here. And Brian kind of gets the nail on the head. I'm curious what you guys think about this. At what point does the offense have to balance not taking risks with, you know, actually being an offense and taking chances to produce results? Uh, as Billy Preston stated, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Good comment and question, Brian. I mean, I think answers now (laughs) what do you think crash what's the what's the what's the balance here i think they can do that when they they actually have the pieces to do it i mean not the knock no edgel but like he can't he does they don't throw the ball down the field like they're not going to throw the ball down the field with him uh they don't protect well enough to do you know stuff in the backfield they're banged up at receiver you know this it's kind of like i agree i agree totally i think they're being ultra conservative i thought to a fault against Penn State, obviously. But I get why they're doing it because this is what they've got. This is what they have to roll with. Yeah. They don't, they don't well, have wide receivers who can catch a 50-50 ball. In order to throw the ball deep, most passes, you know, it's is rare where, where you actually see a wide receiver actually get 
separation on their cornerback. They don't have guys with, with elite speed. So if that's the case, Noah Vedral is going to be left throwing the ball 25, 35 yards down the field. It's going to be a 50-50 ball. Have you seen a, a single wide receiver on the roster who, could come, who you, you yeah. can consistently come down with a 50-50 ball? I haven't. That's a great point, and that's a pretty good transition to what was another good question uh, from the insiders. Looking ahead to next year, one of the biggest holes in the offense is the lack of playmakers. Is there someone on the roster that can step up next year? Uh, you guys have been on practice more than I have. Are they hiding somebody? You know, on the no. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, like they, they like Sean Marlin, and you know he suffered a season-ending injury. Yep. But even then, like you know, I don't think he's a given. You know, you maybe Amir Robinson takes a big step forward. You know, but you know, I think I say Washington. He'd be playing. Be, I mean, he'd be, be. Yeah, he could play four games. I mean, they. Yeah, you know, you could, if they yeah, had someone, they would play. play him. So, yeah, no, I, I think they're going to have to go hit the portal, but they also got to hit the portal for offensive linemen. And I still think this team needs a tight end. And they probably got to get a quarterback. I mean, Kanopka, that was my next question on this list. But they have a tight end. And they used them and made one good catch and they forgot all about them. I mean, what, why is that not more part, part of this offense? It's a great question. There's, it's it's a it's a great question. Obviously, there's many questions for the be, offensive coordinator. I'm sure yeah, we'll get to nice them in like May. Yeah, it'd be nice to talk to him once in a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that interview session? This right now, if they made him available. Holy cow! I mean, here's the thing. It's like not like I say this somewhat facetiously, but like whenever Sean Gleason talks, it's gonna be like a Jerry Reese press conference back in the day. It's gonna be like everyone shows up with a friggin' binder full of questions. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Cratch might throw a shoe at him at this point. Oh man! That poor guy has no idea. He was riding the nice high at this time last year, but that didn't last. Uh, All right. I got more questions here. So here's the Rocco from Sebring. I have to ask about the coaching staff. Any sense if Shiano's going to shake it up? Even though everyone has praised the staff, he's been less than pleased with the coaching lately. I think that's just Rocco reading the body language. I got to tell you, I think if he shakes it up, it's going to be for recruiting more than for for performance on the field. Could be wrong. Uh, I think it's more likely it's going to get. There's going to be changes because there's always changes, right? Perhaps, I mean, what do you, what, what's your overall sense? It was uh, it was unusual to have the entire staff back last year. It would be very strange to have it twice in a row. No, no doubt. I think that you have obviously that. You know, COVID year was kind of different. You know, a lot of these guys signed two years deals when they were hired the first time, so those are coming up. You're going to have a more traditional recruiting you know, thing. You're going to have a coach's convention in person, I believe. You know, you're going to have all that. You know, I also think you're you're going to have some moving and shaking in the region. I mean, UConn is going to, you know, Jim Moore is going to have to hire local regional guys to recruit there. You know, UMass, Don Brown is back, you know, Temple might open. You're going to have, there. there's going to be a churn there. But I do agree with you. I think, like, recruiting is going to be a big focus. Um, but I do think Rod goes right. Like, Two men in motion at the same time. Twelve men in the huddle out of a timeout. Like there have been things that all year long, little things here or there. You know, well, they've had ten guys in the field. They've had twelve guys in the field. They've burned timeouts in stupid oh, spots. The Northwestern game was just yeah. one after another. It has yeah. not been sharp. 
And I don't think it's I don't think it's been the difference in a win or a loss, but eventually someday it will be, and that's right. just not something Greg Schiano has ever tolerated. All right, so some more questions on the offense, and this was the, this was a broad one. I'll paraphrase because it's a long question. Where, where do you see? Do you think this offense will be better next year? Forget Maryland, forget the bowl game, just focusing on what's coming back in twenty twenty two. You know, it, this is supposed to be a development year, developmental year. Sarge, give me the big picture feeling about whether or not what you're seeing now is going to be what you're going to see next year. I mean, where, what hope do you have it's going to be better? When's that? I mean, I, mean, I, I think yeah, he's going to be a first good he's experience. He's going to be good. He's still going to learn. I mean, he's going to I think you're going to have improvement at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. The playmakers are, are – I mean, it just seems like, a, you know, a, a, a constant uh, – you know, I, I, I think Kratz is right. I think they're going to have to hit the portal for some playmakers. But, you know, they're, you know they're, they don't grow on trees and go you know, in the portal. A lot of other schools are going to be going after them as well. Look, I mean, <laughs> it seems like every other week we have this discussion about, oh, it's all doom and gloom. You know, two, you know last week they, they were coming off the Indiana game. And, you know, they, they, they won that game. We're talking about Noah Vedral, how he's a perfect quarterback to, to win a game like that. They're, they're getting turnovers. You know, they're still a really good defensive team. You know, that, 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 that would be my, 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 my thinking on that, why, why he's going to be better. Because, you know, last year they made a step, three and six, surprised everyone by all accounts. This year, no matter what, even if they were to lose, you know, spoiler alert, folks, you know, we'll still probably be on saying, yeah, it was disappointing that they lost to Maryland, didn't go to a bowl game. But it's still – you could still uh, point to the season as a step up. So that would be my my, my, my point is, you know, Cristiano, everyone knew and heard of the mess, and now all of a sudden, you know, they were taking gradual steps forward. Tony from Lawrence Cratch wants to know, can Simon and Snyder really be so far behind Vedra that – Despite zero offense, neither was an option Saturday. We've kind of just given up on those two. I think the chance that one of them will be in the portal. What do you think? Yeah, it, it is interesting. You know, it's it's they've never really given much. You know, the, the whole quarterback usage has been strange this year. We've everything we've seen. Cole Snyder is better than Evan Simon. He's ahead of Evan Simon. Yeah, we've seen Evan Simon go in in crunch time. You know, or some semi crunch time when they were at Northwestern a couple of weeks ago when Mitchell got hurt. I, yeah, I think it's a great point. You know, how all of a sudden did Vegel leap these guys? I mean, I think the answer is yes, he leaped them. Like, like, he jumped over them. He is better. He is the future of the program. I totally get that. I think the big question now is going to be, when is the torch getting a pass from Vegel to Wimsat? And I think there is an argument to be made. If, if they were not five and six, if they were four and seven going to this game, I think Wimsat would probably be starting. All right, a couple more. Uh, his, David wants to know, he's reading my latest column off the game from Penn State, uh, where I wrote that if Rutgers beat uh, Maryland becomes eligible, I think this was a very successful year. I think we all would agree with that. Year two, that would be a, a nice step. Uh, but if Rutgers loses to Maryland, how would you guys assess Greg Chiano's second year back? Uh, great question. I think it's a little, little harder to assess. They've had some really bad losses. Uh, still, five wins for me. That was the baseline. If, if for five wins, you could point to this year as you know you you made a modest improvement. You're going in the right direction. Anything less than that, I thought was going to be hard to do that. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? It's about what I expected. I think I I waffled between four and five wins. I think I was impressed they beat Syracuse. You know, I I thought they should have beaten Northwestern, but you trade that for Indiana. It's basically what I expected. I think it was 
last year's team, my gut feeling, taking COVID out and put, pushing it over a normal 12-game season. So a successful year, then. You, I would you, say you it's call a, this a success. I, I would call it a success. I would say that they took a step forward. Sarge, yeah. you agree? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you heard me say in my last answer, step forward. Um, so, I mean, you wanted a grade, so uh, B? B. Yeah, yeah. B is about right. If five and seven is B, then six and six, we really go A, you're going to go B+. Plus. I would go an A. I would go an A. <laughs> a if, they, yeah. if, they go, if they're in a bowl game and they earn their way into a bowl game, give them an A. Given where this team was just uh, two years ago, I would agree with that. Uh, all right, a couple of basketball questions, then we'll get to the Maryland preview. Uh, not counting Big Cliff, the last three re- hoop recruiting cycles are a complete bust. Why such a disaster? First of all, do you agree it's a bust, number one? And number two, if so, what, what's the problem? I don't – like, I still think there's a couple of guys there that they brought in that I might think of, obviously, Jaden Jones. I don't know. I mean, do, do, you throw, do you throw those recruiting classes away right now and say that Steve Michael has not built the talent in that program? That seems a little harsh to me. Like, one, Jaden Jones. Two, yeah. like, I, I don't think you can call Paul Mulcahy a bust. You know, no. That seems like it'll be a little bit over the top to me. You know, look, I, we've had this conversation a lot. I understand, like, like Steve Peichel is never going to get the McDonald's All-Americans for the most part. It's just not going to happen. But it doesn't happen at Seton Hall. It doesn't happen anywhere. Like, these guys are going to Kentucky and Duke and Kansas. But Peichel's gotten, like, 10 of the top 20 recruits in the history of the program. You know? Yeah. Look at all these – and, like, so they don't have great start. Ron, Gio, like, the guy has proven he can spot talent and develop it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That, that's just important. That's Rutgers funny. fans have to get used to the idea that this is going to be a cyclical program. They're going to be bad every four or five years, and then they're going to get increasingly get better, and then they're going to go to the tournament, and then they're going to start again. Right. That's it okay. Be, it'd be, it, it's okay, but it would not be okay if it's if this is the if this is yeah, the this can't be the year. Cycle, I agree with this, Crash, but this can't be the year with all of the talent that they had back. You know, coming off last year, yeah, you know, they need to you know move forward. I think people would be okay with it if it happened next year. If next year, okay, the team's going to take a step back. If they lose Gio and they lose, they might lose Ron. I don't know if I'm back or not, but you know that that would be a little different to me. Um, well, I so let me like, like let's play this. Let's say Geo wasn't on this team. Would okay. you expect them to be a tournament team again? Uh, See, to me, to, to me, it's like Jacob Young and Miles Johnson left about when everyone expected they were going to leave. Yeah. And it just because of COVID, you happen to have Geo back. Right, right. It's just a weird yeah. thing. Like, this is the cycle. And, you know, the, I think, you know, Ron's here. And, and Ron was always going to be here. And Ron's going to make – would make that team competitive no matter what. But people had high expectations just because Geo happened to stick around an extra year. Right. Yeah, that's true. Valid point. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for your questions. Um, let's dive into the Maryland preview. And uh, what is the injury situation, guys, with Maryland? Uh, Greg Shano addressed it. There's a flu bug I saw on your uh, update. Who's coming – do we know who's going to be back? Do we get anybody back? So n- no one – that I know of because I, you know, take attendance at these games. There was no major missing guy because of the flu, as far as I could tell on Saturday against Penn state. So I think it's something that I'm sure they've been battling it. I'm sure guys might be sick. It might be some questions internally for them up to kickoff. But as of now, I don't know if the flu thing is something to be a major concern about. He indicated they came out of the game. Okay. With injuries. Uh, I, I asked him about, 
Menangai. Uh, he didn't directly answer, which I assume is a you know, strategic game plan thing. I think 03 and Tyreek Maddox Williams are the two guys who you want to see if they can get back. Obviously, Fogg returned against Penn State. Uh, no updates on them yet. I do think that those guys seem to be progressing. You know, I think there's a chance they get them back. But, you know, they're about as healthy as they're going to be, you know, going into week 13 of the season. And, right. I, you know, I think the flu thing is something to monitor, but I, I don't think he was necessarily signaling that it's going to be a major issue. At least they don't know that yet. 03, certainly getting him back would be a, a big deal for this particular opponent. All right, the, give, me the, give me the basic Maryland preview. I mean, looking at it, they've lost six of the last seven, and none of these losses are close. I mean, if, if we're looking for reasons, I hope that Rutgers might win this game. I mean, they've been, and they beat Indiana. Okay, you know, three point win there, but otherwise, they've been bad. I mean, what, what have you seen from this team? Great quarterback play, uh, lots Great of speed on offense, defense uh-huh. not very good. Uh, they can score points, uh, very undisciplined, tons of penalties, uh, just, you know, kind of a boomer bust team. And it's been a lot of busts lately, but, you know, they also have some booms. I mean, they, they beat West Virginia, they, they have had some success. All right. Well, Time to make our last picks of the year. And if look, you guys want some drama, I think this is your, your last chance to catch me, Sarge. Uh, Cratch, you are, um, <clears throat> have been a little bit out of it. You are the Indiana of the pick standing this year. So why don't you go first then? Tell us who you think you think you're going to win. Perhaps you can redeem yourself here in the last win of the year, last game of the year. I will say Rutgers 24, Maryland 23. I think this is a coin flip game. I just keep on going back to Rutgers has been resilient every time this year. I've thought, okay, this is like pack up the tent. It's over. Uh, they've come up and surprised me and won a game. So I picked them to lose against Illinois. I picked them against losing against Indiana. Uh, I'm going to stick with them here against my, you know, my gut and is kind of telling me, yeah, you know, Maryland's got all that speed and everything. I think they find a way to scratch out a victory. I just think at the end coaching is a big difference. I think that, while Rutgers has not exactly, you know, showered itself in glory when it comes to execution the past few weeks, I think they do have an edge there over Maryland. All right, Sarge, I'm going to give the option if you'd like me to go first. I don't know if my pick will impact your decision here. I'm 7-4 and four against the spread this year. If I get this one right and you get it wrong, I win. But if we both pick the same thing, I win. So I don't know if you're, if you're the kind of guy – who will make the decision based on what I do. No. I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the offer. I'm going to take Rutgers. Um, oh, yeah. wow. Because okay. I, I just I just think Cratch is right. I mean, they're a resilient team. They beat the teams that they, they're supposed to beat, um, you know, all, all, all year long. Um, I don't think – I don't anticipate it being a, like a raucous atmosphere, but I think the home crowd will help them a little bit. Yeah, uh, 20, 2019. Rutgers wins. Wow. Another close pick. All right. Well, I hate to get rid of the drama, but I had I had intended all along to pick Rutgers in this game. I have no confidence in the uh, in the in the Maryland coaching staff. I just they just look like they have just been bad. I think the offense will I think the offense will play well. I think Noah Vedra will get them in good situations. I think this is the game where Pacheco breaks free and has a couple of big runs. Yeah, so I think it's gonna be easier than the two of you do. I think it's gonna well, be a Oh it's not the first time Politi has beat, uh, you know, fans. I mean, you know, a little inside baseball here. Politi and I went head-to-head in our fantasy football league. Oh. His team is still scoring. I mean, they're, they're like, you know, at like, you know, they're like, you know, 
Cowboys, you know, 70s, you know, Miami Dolphins, 72 level, you know, I mean, holy crow. I'm surprised you would bring that up, Sarge. I'm and and the nice part that. of it, too, like, Politi, I mean, every, I think the, our loyal listeners know Politi by now. Like, he didn't rub it in. It's not like he sent me, like, you know, a throw in the towel, uh, Rocky uh, for mm-hmm. GIF. Like, uh, you know, he, he was really humble about it. Yeah, you know, like, he didn't trash talk whatsoever, like, yeah, as, yeah. Mm-hmm. as he was – Scoring a hundred more points than, than 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 my team this week. Let's let's just say, much like Jonathan Taylor's presence on the Rutgers team with Kyle might have made a difference for Kyle Flood. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's presence on your team might have made a difference for you, but unfortunately, I'm the one who has him, and he's uh, he's been really good. So there you go. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, Rutgers. My pick. I'm picking to beat. Uh, I look at like a Cisco like a 31-21 victory for the Scarlet Knights. I think that's going to be uh, more easy than you do. Uh, that's it. What else do we got? Women's soccer. How about that? Elite eight. Uh, beat and PKs. A dramatic PK one over TCU. They got Arkansas next. What, uh, what do we know about that, guys? Crash, you got anything? Arkansas is very good. Rutgers is very good. They're both in the Elite Eight, so you can kind of take that away. <laughs> uh, no, exciting <laughs> win for Rutgers. Megan McClellan, uh, sensational in goal. Megan McClellan even scored her own PK in the shootout. And really? stopped a couple of shots. Obviously, had a great game in regulation in the two overtime periods to kind of hold TCU, the Big 12 champion, at bay. Actually, two, I think they won the Big 12 title in the spring season and in this season. So, TCU, very good uh, program. So, big win for them. And, you know, hey, you got Arkansas at home with a chance to advance the College Cup for the second time in six years, I believe. I think they went in 2015. That's pretty good. That's pretty, not bad at all. Uh, any other uh, any other highlights, guys? What else we got going on? No. Uh, wrestling will have its kind of first big dual meet of the season uh, Saturday night at the Prudential Center. Uh, they got Hofstra and North Carolina at the uh, New Jersey event. You know, so that Garden State grapple. I forget the exact name of the event off the top of my head, but some people probably head on over from the football game to Newark to the Prudential Center uh, for that. Um, women's basketball lost to Stony Brook, but then had an 18-point comeback to beat Harvard. So I think we're seeing that this is a rebuilding year for them uh, as they kind of – in more ways than one, I guess. Uh, the basketball team's got – the men's basketball team's got UMass. Lafayette tonight, well, this will be uh, – you know the outcome of that game when you listen to this probably. And then UMass, uh, two must-win games before the schedule gets much more difficult. There you go. Then we're in the throes of winter sports. Either we'll – this time next week we'll be talking about the – our predictions for the pinstripe bowl or the cure bowl, or we'll be in full basketball mode guys <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, on that note, let's sign off. Appreciate everyone for, uh, for listening. We'll be back uh, next week to talk about the uh, regular season finale. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers rent to participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone. Sign up at nj.com slash insider.